It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to the first ever Talking Taipans. It's the Pikey and oh, Lau's show. Absolutely. Look, it's great to be here. But now, look, I do have some questions, okay? I do have some questions. Go for it, Lau's. Look, when my manager contacted me and said, look, Lau's, I've got a five-figure deal for you to do a podcast with CP. I'm like, man, Chris Paul, we've seen some former NBA players, the owner of the Breakers, Matt Walsh, um, new new uh, owner of the Brisbane Bullets, Kevin Martin. He's come back from the sort of the retirement and, and being involved with the NBA. I'm like, Chris Paul's still current player for OKC right now. Um, he wants to do a podcast with me, but uh, no, it wasn't to be the case. It was CP as in Chris Pike. Um, so I, I guess tell the good <laughs> people of Cairns, who is Chris Pike? Well, first of all, let's hope it's not too disappointing for you, Laos, because I, I've known you. I've known you for a long time, and I, I hope that you weren't too disappointed. But well, basically, hopefully, a lot of fans have seen my name around the place as a as a basketball writer, you know, pre- predominantly for the NBL. But in recent years, I've 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 been working oh, with on. the so Taipans a little did, bit as did well. Did you do that article on on Laos, um, uh, towards the end of the the career there, towards the retirement? Was that you? No, no. Absolutely, Lows. We, we, mate, that was a great article. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved every bit uh, of it. It was good. Okay, okay, Chris. Yeah, Chris Pike, yeah. the writer. So, um, so for, a writer for the NBL and writer for the Cairns Taipans. A lot of the stories coming through uh, are actually at, at your pen. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, great. No, that's right. And and hopefully continuing. Hopefully, doing this with you doesn't jeopardise that. So, Jazz, if you're listening, um, don't hold don't hold this against me too much, please. Um, okay, be- I'm definitely happy with that. Um, now, my question around the, the five-figure deal, I only revealed later that four of those figures came after the decimal point, <laughs> uh, So, and the first figure was a zero. So um, I guess my third question is, who are we and what is this show for? Tell the good people of Cairns, the Orange Army, the Type N supporters, uh, what this show is all about. Well, we want to be here for the Taipans fans, for the Orange Army, who you know better than anyone, Laos, having been in, in Cairns now for 10 years, that they're the forgotten club of, of the NBL. They're often often not talked about, even when you make grand finals like you did twice in your career. You don't get a lot mm. of attention up there. Yeah, not talked about enough. Not talked about. I, we want to be here to give the Taipans fans, which there's thousands of them because every single home game, there's more than 4,000 that turn up to a game. The Orange Army is unbelievable, so we want to be here for them. We want to give them the inside word on everything that's happening at the Taipans, and we want to be there for them. And that's why you're here, because let's be honest, you're one of the all-time greats of the of the Taipans, oh, and it. you might not like to say that yourself, Laos, but the fans want to hear from the fans want to hear from you. No, I'm excited, Pikey. Look, um, you know, I, I always feel connected to uh, the Taipans and the fans, of course, and uh, uh, as we move this thing forward, love to have that interaction and people asking questions about the game, getting our insights, getting our, uh, allowing us to break down uh, moments of the, of the games and things like that and looking forward to future games. So, yeah, no, I'm really excited about what's mm. possible over the next, uh, over the course of the season and, uh, yeah, let's get, this, let's get it started. Well, before we do, just very quickly, for the fans that don't know a lot about you, which there won't be many of, but looking at the team, and there's guys like Scotty Mercado and 
and, and Cam Oliver who are thinking that they've just moved to Cairns and all of a sudden there's this guy Lousy who's getting on his podcast and he's and he's giving all the all all the inside goss on the Taipans, but but who is he? So if you're listening, guys, let's just have a quick rundown of what what Lousy did in his career at the Taipans. 249 games, second all-time for the club, second all-time in points scored, third for field goals made, fifth for three points made, fifth in assists, fifth in blocked shots, fifth in steals, second in rebounds, led the team to two grand finals, and I've been officially informed by Mark Slocum, the NBL's official stats man, that the most fist pumps in NBL history. So there's a a bit of a rundown, and before that... Before that, Old Dominion, Old Dominion University, the Perth Wildcats. You played in Spain. You played for the Boomers. So if you question, if anyone wants to question Lousy, um, just have a look at that background before you before you jump on his back too quickly. Oh wow! Oh, I didn't know half those stats. Obviously, the fist pump stat stands out, <laughs> and uh, and obviously number one in uh, videos behind the scenes uh, showcasing players doing funny things on the road. Uh, in my time there at the Taipan, so uh, <laughs> I think um, I think as we move this thing forward, it, it's great to be um, I think on the on the scene with all the players uh, locally, uh, and then when players come over to Perth, uh, where you are located. Um, you'll be able to, to touch on um, various aspects as well and get interviews as well. And then we can bring that back together uh, and then sort of break it down from there. But uh, look, I'm excited. There's a lot of great players for the Taipans this year. Uh, and we can't wait to hear more about them in depth. This episode of the Pikey and Lows Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Now, Lows, I know that the Taipans have already played their first game of the season, but this is our first episode here on on the Pikey and Laos show. So that that's let's just take mm, a look at the squad yeah. that, that has been assembled by Mike Kelly and, and company. Obviously, some of the outs are significant and and one more so than the rest when you've got got the old power, power forward number 40 there. But M- Mellow Trimble is obviously... Oh, yeah, I noticed you, um, you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, that's well, interesting. I mean, yeah. He, <laughs> just irreplaceable, really. But Mellow Trimble, obviously tough to replace. He had a fantastic season, but it's tough to offer... It's tough to, to match some of the, the bigger dollars from some from the clubs down south. Um, Mitch Young's now moved into retirement and, and didn't didn't you know get a lot of court time last year. Devin Hall has has moved on. Kwani Kwani he was a, he was a handy player, but when you got Kwat Noi come in and and also Majuk Deng, um, not just because they're Sudanese, but you would think that those two players can have a bigger impact than what Kwani did last season. Dexter Koenig Drew was sort of hindered by injury last season. Lucas Walker, um, he's a great, great team man. He can obviously do a lot, but um, didn't didn't quite hit his straps just because of his sore ankle last season. Um, Rob Lowe's probably the big loss because because of what he can do inside and outside as a big man. But some of the some of the ins for the Taipans this season look very exciting. Majuk Deng is a player who, in patches, showed what he could do with the thirty sixes. But if he gets it going this season, he's capable of being. Clearly, the most improved player of the league. He can put up some big numbers just because of his length and his shooting ability and everything he can do. Quite noise made no secret of what he's coming to the league to do, and he wants to be the best best rookie since Joe Ingles. So that's that's putting a target on his back, and he looks capable. Cam Oliver looks like a, a handy handy four or five man, and then Scotty Machado, who looks capable of filling in that that void from Mellow Trimble, and Anthony Fisher and, and George Blagojevic, who have who have earned their chance on the, on the squad yeah, as well. Yeah, Marlins, we just call him Blabloski. Uh, it seemed to be easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I mean, it's it's a good looking squad when you've got you got Nate Nate and DJ back now and being co captain. Um, what do you make of the squad? And let's not forget Jared Kenny and that mullet, Gee, which that is, is just incredible. Mullet is really impressive. It's really short on the sides, <laughs> uh, you know, feathered and lethal on the top and the tail. You just don't see that combination these days, Pikey. Uh, well, actually, you, you do. You, you do see a lot of the, these uh, mohawk mullets going around. But look, let's let's delve into. I mean, that is the most important thing of the season. The hair. Let's let's be honest. But let's delve into the second most important thing: the new additions. So, uh, really excited about Majok Deng being at the Cairns Taipans. Now, he did, uh, as you mentioned, uh, had a few patches last year where uh, he really showed some uh, really confident um, uh, signs of, of putting numbers on the board quickly. Uh, and he's come up to Cairns to improve his stock. Make no question about that. He's he's not here to mess about. Um, he is here to make his uh, profile uh, bigger and he has the opportunity opportunity to do that. So uh, look for exciting signs from Majok Deng, a confident Majok, um, and uh, he'll certainly be a big part of the squad this season. So let's talk about the big signing for the Taipans, Cam Oliver. If it wasn't for an ankle injury, he'd probably have secured an NBA contract. Um, that's how close he was uh, to, to being in the NBA this season. Um, now, instead of going to upper-level Europe, good players are coming down to Australia, to the NBL, as a, a equally viable option and financially viable option. And we're really excited to have him here because, uh, let me tell you this, Pikey, he's a specimen, he's an athlete, he's above the rim, he's exactly um, what the Taipans uh, have been wanting, I'm, I'm guessing for many years, uh, someone of his caliber, caliber but also um, his ability uh, and NBA level ability um, to really uh, be a stat stuffer and really bring uh, bring home the crowd on, uh, for the Taipans and uh, get excited. So um, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing how our cam develops over the over the course of the season. Obviously worrying signs in that first game when he went down, uh, bit of, a bit of collision there with Bogut, but um, uh, from all accounts he seems to be okay. Um, so look, really excited about him. Now Scott Machado, now the difference between Melo Trimble and Scott Machado, they're two different players. So while Melo was a... Um, a, a, just a dominant scorer, just have an ability to to uh, get buckets and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, quite happy to go coast to coast, uh, up and down uh, up and down the floor in trance. Um, Scotty Machado is a pass first point guard. And by that, I mean, if he sees someone ahead of the floor, he's throwing the ball ahead of them. So when DJ Newbel's running the, the lanes last year and his eyes are glazing over, um, you know, when he's made an effort to, to get out in front and the ball's not there, you know, you, you start to um, change your habits. But for this year, the ball is bouncing ahead of him while he's running. Maybe he hasn't even turned to see it yet, but Scotty Machado's seen the opportunity and the ball is now ahead of the runners. So... For a guy running the lanes like DJ, his eyes are suddenly lit up. His eyes are suddenly lit up. He's he's now got got options or, or a reason to run the lanes. And same with the bigs down the center lane. The ball is is just getting launched. And Scotty Machado is as a pass first point guard, um, really sees the floor well, and that's his strength coming in. So you'll see the assists uh, skyrocket. Um, from the point guard position and um, you know, exciting things for him. So I, I guess the question is, um, for late in the game, uh, he's got to turn back into a scoring point guard if uh, the Taipans are going to have a direction through him uh, in those late late clock situations. Otherwise, you've got DJ Newbel, who's always in that mindset of a scoring um, point point guard position um, or a scorer so you know he'll be great down the stretch as well on the fourth um, but yeah more on that type of stuff later so 
Cam Oliver and Scotty Machado, uh, great new additions um, for the Taipans from the import position. Now, this is the big one for me. Kuat Noi, um, such a, a, a highly touted um, up-and-coming rising star uh, for the NBA. Uh, they're touted to be a, a pick in the draft next year. Um, so so why do we have him here? And, and who who is he? He is an energy uh, giver. He, he is a stat stuffer. He will clean up the scraps. He will be all over the floor like we saw on uh, Friday night. Now, uh, such a talent. And he's putting, uh, he's putting it out there publicly uh, why he is here. And he's holding himself to the highest account by doing that uh, because there's nowhere to hide. There's, there's nowhere to hide. He's like, I am going to bring it this year. Um, and if you don't see me bring it, then tell me I'm not bringing it uh, because that's not good enough. So um, I really like that he's, that he's put um, his expectations out publicly. Now, all, uh, most, most Sudanese in most teams will tell you they're going to the NBA. Uh, that's just something that I've noticed. So super high confidence, um, which is which I actually like in the M- in players that have gone to the NBA that I've mixed with in college. They've all, you know, it, it's sort of un-Australian to be. Ah, oh, you know, I'll give it a go. I'll just I'll see how it go. They, you know, as, as an Australian, like Sudanese Australians are saying, I'm going to the NBA. This is happening. This is what's happening now. Not all of them will get there. Um, but a lot of them will certainly believe that they will, that they will get pretty close. Um, so it's it's exciting to see uh, how his season will unfold because I think he does have the talent. I think he does have the energy, the ability, the athleticism um, to really follow through on um, what he's saying publicly. Now I'm going to leave it there in terms of new faces for the Taipans because I really want to break down the the Marlins guys that have been uh, upgraded to a, a Taipans position uh, at a later a later time, later date, uh, just to give it the due diligence. So let's talk about Friday's game, Pikey. Well, I mean, th- there was so much to like about the first game, and we talked before. You talked before about Scotty Machado being a a pass first point guard. He he had eight assists in that first game, the most most ever ever from a Taipans player on debut. So he's already shown that he's willing to to set up his teammates, and it's just a matter of of guys being now ready to make plays based on him because he will find them. So. DJ has to be that player that that is the, the the first option because he's just so capable of of doing that. Um, Majuk Deng has to step up as well because he's capable of it. And and Kuat Noi, we know that he's he's not shy and and he showed some fantastic signs. That double double first up on debut was fantastic. And get the ball inside to Nate as much as you can as well. And I think good things generally happen, especially when he's fresh. In that in that first couple of minutes when he comes on around the the midway point of the first quarter, he that's usually when he's at his best, and the same in the third quarter because that's when the game starts to slow down a little bit, and that's when he he can dominate. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about it, but now with these three games on the road, they just can't afford to come come home zero and four. Look, I think Coach Mike Kelly really lamented the fact that there were some wasted opportunities uh, when he spoke in the post-game presser. Um, some really exciting moments during the game. Uh, just thinking about that third quarter run uh, where they really put points on the board quickly. There was uh, guys running the lane. Cam Oliver got the slam and um, you know really uh, lit up the crowd. And and uh, yeah, that was exciting. That was exciting. And now the the fourth quarter, obviously eight points in the fourth quarter uh, is not going to get it done. And I think there's still some some teething um, things. Uh, at play where you've got to figure out who you're going to, how are you going to close out a game, uh, who are your best sort of one-on-one uh, players who have the mindset, obviously, attacking the rim. Um, if you're going through, Nate, you, you've got to have your shooters ready to 
ready to uh, spot up and in, in the game, of course. Um, you know, if you don't put shooters in while Nate's in the game, they're going to double team um, probably in, all the time. So unless you service him by having uh, shooters ready to be on the receiving end, um, then, you know, you're probably going to be a disservice to Nate. But, I mean, he's going to give you uh, such a presence in there. If, if that's the, the direction you go with going through Nate, um, then, you know, as long as you, you load up with other players around, then, then you're good to go. If you choose to go more of that uh, middle on ball kind of situation uh, with, your, with your best sort of uh, one-on-one guys, um, then, then you can adjust your, your lineups accordingly. But look, a lot of, a lot of positives coming out of game one. Um, and I think, um, uh, you know, going into this, this three, it's really a three-game road trip coming up now with Friday, Monday, uh, and then I believe they just go straight along the plane over to you, Pikey, uh, for, for Friday's game uh, against Perth. Um, but, um, you know, it's a big road trip that they'll really want to um, very quickly figure out the, the direction late in the game and how they're going to close it out. And, and let's be honest, that first game is only a, an eight-point game. Um, and, uh, and it might have only pushed out to eight points based on a few free throws as well. So it's probably more of a four to six point game, really, uh, against a highly touted Sydney Kings uh, lineup tip to, to finish uh, in first place. But um, look, really excited to see the game. Just excited that the season's rolled around again. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just looking forward to how the Taipans respond over this weekend. Now, Lows, you've spoken to Nate Jowai, and we're going to hear from him shortly. But unfortunately, probably the biggest talking point of the opening round of, of the NBL was the, the new commentary setup. So the NBL's decided... In a, in, a, in a cost-cutting move, but also I assume they thought it would work work better that they've now got the commentary team set up in the in the hub that they're calling it in Melbourne, and then they've got somebody on the floor at each venue. So in Cairns, that's 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 trigger trigger triggered, obviously. Um, it's fair to say it had its teething problems. Um, we've picked out a couple of little little snippets, and then we'll we'll let you give your full thoughts because I know that you thought it was a little bit a little bit. Up. Probably unacceptable for the for the NBL where it's at at the moment. But before we get your full thoughts, let's just hear a couple of clips from Friday night's game in Cairns. And and first of all, there's this one which was in the first quarter where Casper Ware was bringing the ball up for the Sydney Kings. Um, Seb Costello, who admitted later that he was calling his first ever basketball game, which probably has its own own issues. Um, right. Somehow he got a little bit confused because some all of a sudden. He thought Casper was making a three-point basket in the corner, but he just called him bringing the ball up the floor. So it ended up it was Jay Sean Tate from the Kings who was making the three. Um, Corey Williams had to had to save him. Let's let's have a listen to how it played out. For the Kings, Casper Ware pushing it. He's lost his. He's lost the ball. He's managed to fire it out. That is. Lucky. Yeah, thanks to Hungry Jacks, of course, there will be the Hungry Jacks cheeseburger promotion call. Lousy, what did you think of that? Uh, well, I just feel like it was just unacceptable. Um, the, the league's come too far to be kind of going down this path. Um, now, the, there's two ways to look at it. One, it was at a technical kind of issue um i remember we, we spoke about the melbourne game there was a, a delay of the the score being updated i get it and i think they did fix that for the rest of the weekend there's yep. a technical side but then there's what the commentators are actually saying 
um, based on what they can see, which is what's what's on screen in front of them um, down in Melbourne. But um, look, I just think the commentators missed the vibe of the the atmosphere and the the momentum swings, and you can you can see things behind the play that the cameras don't necessarily capture because it's not sort of part of the the broadcast. So, um, and by that I mean maybe coach goes off at a player, maybe uh, a tech foul happens, but you see you see it evolve um, looking around. But you know for the the commentators, they obviously couldn't see. Uh, you know the kick out to the player to Tate on the on the forty five there. Um, now it wasn't. Now I guess the other side of it is, is it personnel. Was it just and that, that was Seb Costello and Corey Homicide Williams. Um, now I, I think I think Homicide's come a long way. I think he's I think he's really refined his his product um, as a commentator in the last sort of few years, and, and he's a great sort of. Um, you know, Robin to to a Batman on on the commentary thing. By that I mean, obviously, if someone calls the play by play. Um, you know, your Dwayne Russell, Matt Russell, that kind of uh, character that's really locked in um, to to really delivering. Uh, John Casey is another great one. Um, you know, delivering the play by play and really nailing it. And then you've got the comments from your your superstars and your your former players. Um, you know, like Homicide. So. Was it personnel? Was it just said sort of Costello just feeling it out in his in his quoted first time ever um, commentating a game? I just don't think. Look, I just don't think that the setup was right, and I don't think it gave the Taipans due diligence for what was a great game, and I don't think it gave the NBL any credit because we've got international eyeballs watching this uh, broadcast. We've got international interest in our league this season. We cannot afford to go backwards here. Now, you saw the Perth game uh, broadcast, Pikey. What did you make of that one over there in Perth on the weekend? The, the Perth game was better. Um, there wasn't that. There wasn't a lag there. They seemed to have a, a better chemistry when they were crossing to Sean Redditch, who was in the stadium. But then speaking to Sean afterwards, and it created their own problems because Sean couldn't hear the commentary at all during the game. So every time they crossed to him, he had no idea what he was responding to. So... Right. So I mean, if you if you have everyone in the same building, these things don't happen. That so I mean, you've got a you've got a guy like Sean who is professional enough where he can cover it, but he he actually doesn't doesn't know what he's responding to, which which makes the guy look look terrible on the on the on the ground. Which whether it's Trigger or, or Sean or whoever it is, they and it, I'm it, sure it, Trigger uh, would be the same as Sean Redditch there. Like uh, it would be frustrating just just delivering something down down the camera without having someone next to you to sort yeah. of feed off and, and bounce. Uh, um, a bit of banter off back and forth. So um, I'm sure those guys that were positioned on court uh, found it a little bit lonely uh, looking around going, well, it's just me here in the camera. I better, I better nail this in one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's certainly a lot easier to feed off. And it, I think it sounds better to, to have two guys bantering back and forth and, and um, posing questions and answering yeah. um, you know, different things about players. So uh, I'm sure there were some frustrations there from the guys on the floor. Yeah, I just wonder, wonder aloud, and I don't know the answer to this, if... I know the production costs is a big reason why they've done it, but I just wonder if there's still a way to still have the production all outsourced where it, it directly goes to Melbourne. You don't have the production truck, but can you at least have the commentators in, in the stadium? I just wonder if that is still possible. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens because I I don't think anybody involved in the NBL wanted that to be the talking point out, talking point out of round one. Well, I think... I think there's a an answer there. If you if you put two guys on on court uh, at each location, uh, and then maybe you have two guys at the desk back in Melbourne, um, then what you what you can do is have 
have the, the banter back and forth live. Uh, and then when you cross to the, the quarter time report or the half time report, you can you can go to um, you know your gazes and your homicides and your your, your uh, superstars um, that have have played before. Now I'm not going to put gazy and homicide in the same same boat here. Let's let's be honest, but. You know they can they can break down the the nuances of the game and the players that have performed well from a halftime report, just like they do on ESPN. Um, you know from the desk there that they use, uh, obviously for that for overtime um, show, uh, which which I like by the way. It's a great it's a great setup. Um, you know, but they they can break it down from that that desk um, and then cross back to the the guys live on the scene. Absolutely, it works for it works for other sports. And also, if they're if they're interested, Lousy is available on on game nights if if they're if they're <laughs> interested yeah well exactly come on come on let's get this thing rolling let's go let's go <laughs> this episode of the pikey and Louth show proudly brought to you by cans total physio less pain more life now i had a chance to chat with nate jawai in the days following the first home game uh, and i really wanted to find out uh, just how the off season went because i noticed that he came back uh, in incredible shape and he obviously he he bought into something uh, uh, a mindset over there a way of uh, just sort of taking ownership of his body uh, but here's what he had to say take a listen yeah um the off season going to france i think was a real positive to me for me um i had a lot of downtime for myself you know I studied the diet a little bit more about intermittent fasting and all of that and I really um, bought into it and then tried to see if I could change a few things and obviously it worked uh, worked well for me so um, I came back into the season um, in a better shape than I usually did and it's paying off right now with me with, with me previous injuries and the game, obviously, uh, first home game of the Taipans, wasn't the quite the, the result you wanted, but there were a lot of positives to take home. How do you how do you feel this group is uh, physically? Um, obviously, a lot more athletic. How excited are you for this year for this year's Taipans team? Yeah, it's um, right across the board. We're athletic. Um, we got Cam Oliver that uh, brings a different dynamic to the game with his athleticism and shooting ability. Uh, it's just a good group, you know. Um, obviously, with you not there anymore with the three-point ability, but with Cam there um, with that and, and, and the rebound as well, it's nice. You know, it's a young group with uh, a lot of youth. Uh, I think I'm the old, I am the oldest guy, me and Jared Kenny. Um, and a lot of young guys. You got Cord Noy who runs the floor and plays with a lot of energy. Um, the group is just phenomenal, you know. It's just hard-working guys and hard nose, and we like to play together. So it's it's positive. Um, some good signs, you know. We dropped our first game, but um, we were up. I think it's just the chemistry and playing together. We couldn't close the game out, and um, ended up with a. About an eight-point loss, I guess, to the Sydney Kings, which is the best team, I think, personally, in the NBL. So um, there's some good signs for us. Um, I think we seem to go back to the drawing board and um, <clears throat> execute defensively and offensively and um, to get us down to know who can finish off closing the game and, and what we need to do when we are pressured um, with a caliber team like Sydney Kings. So it was good. It was positive. And... Um, I'm excited for this season. It's one game down, you know. Um, positive thing is we can turn around with Brisbane this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, how do you feel about the the Brisbane and Wollongong uh, doubleheader? A, a good test for you guys, and a chance to grow more. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good test, you know. Um, Illawarra and Brisbane just played this past weekend, and it was a tough game, you know. Obviously, you get um, young Lamelo Ball with all the all the media friends yeah, and whatnot with his talent that he's also producing in the NBA, which is exciting to see someone in that caliber um, out here perform for the Illawarra Hawks. And, you know, we have two difficult st- uh, tasks, tasks starting with Brisbane, in Brisbane and then off to Wollongong you know it's going to be hard too hostile environment um, knowing playing in Illawarra yourself it is tough to do that so I think if we stick together and handle our business and hopefully we can come up with a two good win this weekend thanks both Jay, <laughs> you can just tell the shape that he's in he talks about the effort that he's put in to get into that shape and that he's more dedicated than ever to, to get into that condition because like you said earlier he knows that Time's running out on his career, so he wants to make the most of it, and it's fantastic to see him this dedicated, in this sort of shape, and, and for somebody that's been a long-term teammate of his, it must be exciting for you to see him see him in this sort of mental and physical state. Yeah, look, when you're a young player, you don't sort of have to worry so much about um, you know a lot of your metabolism, a lot of your, your post practice stretching and things like that like you you're just a young bug running around and just excited for the next time you're playing a game and things like that when you get older it's so much harder the checklist of things you have to run through just to be ready for training just to be ready for the season uh, a game it's, it's just huge so um, I think Nate sort of recognized that look I'm not going to put a time stamp on his career like two or three years or things like that um, that's always up to the individual but I think for him to really recognize uh, the need to really uh, uh, give himself the best chance at finishing strong, uh, the best chance at, at finishing uh, the last sort of few years of uh, the tail end of a career um, well. Uh, I think it's a real positive and it's a real mature uh, approach and I'm really, uh, really happy for what he's been able to do. Yeah, you touched on the captaincy. I wanted to talk about that because you mentioned it before. I feel like there's been times during his career where he's, he's such a quiet, unassuming guy where he doesn't want to cause any waves, where he he takes a back seat, but I feel like he he wants to feel wanted by the club and he wants to feel feel needed. And I feel like now that he's being been given that role as captain, it's a chance for him to now now fully embrace that and to and to, to I think it it helps him feel like he's wanted and feels appreciated. And I think in turn that will allow him to now help his teammates more than ever be ever before. I just feel like there's been times when he feels like he's been lost at different clubs that he's been at but now that he's captain I feel like it could could really help him thrive even even further yeah look I think and I think Nate always knows he's a he's a big part of this community um you, you know he he knows that what it means uh, for the Taipans to have success um you know what it would mean to him and, and his family and and uh, the the people around um, the, the town so um, you know f- to make him captain really galvanizes that support uh, from the club end that um, you know he, he's our guy uh, alongside DJ Newbull of course uh, as, as captains but um, I really like the appointment of Nate as, as uh, in that leadership role because um, he, he'll take ownership of the, the team um, and you know previous years you, you know you look up to your captains and you you know you can sort of um, you know, hide behind some, behind some of the responsibilities, I guess. But when you when you're in that lead role, uh, you know the team looks to you. The team looks to you for um, for motivation. The team looks to you to to be inspiring and to make inspiring uh, plays. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about um, I guess the development or the evolve evolvement of of Nate as captain and and leader throughout the course of the season. 
Look, I will say this though. I found on the court he was very quick to, um, you know, be able to voice his opinion, which is great because you don't have time in professional sports to faff about and oh, I don't want to say something. Um, you know, I might hurt someone's feelings. You know, that kind of thing. In sports, you've got to be direct and to the point. And as players, you have to take that criticism on board and quickly move on. So I was, um, yeah, certainly really impressed. The last few years, when you know Nate being on the floor, he was he was very uh, capable of, of voicing his opinion. Maybe he has to get a little bit of refinement in his approach, um, but I mean that'll come as as he evolves over the years. So I've certainly noticed that Nate is a true competitor between the white lines, uh, and that's really what uh, really what I love about what he brings to this team. Um, but uh, certainly, certainly excited about how he can evolve uh, with those captains. You know, he's got to maintain relationships with the players, um, of course, uh, all, all throughout, and and part of that is is refining your approaches. And but he certainly has. The the ability to really um, voice his opinion quickly um, and, and voice it in a, in a way that sort of um, gets the gets the team on the right path, or, or less at least letting them hear what he has to say uh, to to make the right decisions in, in the next few plays. So um, yeah, just just excited about what's to come for Nate. And what better way to kick off the first big test by a massive three-game road trip coming up uh, this next round? Absolutely. And and it wouldn't have been a tight man show just to start with with the first episode here with Pikey and Lau's show without Nate Jawai. So a big thanks to him for, for catching up with you early on, Lau. So it's, it's, it's been a big first show. Um, just very quickly, a doubleheader, obviously, this round for the, for the, for the Snakes. Um, your very quick thoughts on the bullets on on Friday night in Brisbane, and then the Hawks in the Gong on on Monday night. What are you What are you expecting? Look, it's going to be a showdown in Brisbane. Uh, the Taipans and the Bullets had some great preseason games. Taipans getting the edge of them up here uh, quite convincingly, but then Brisbane go, well, we didn't have a couple of our players. Well, guess what? Nate Jawai and Scotty Machado didn't play also in some of those games, and we're limited without Jared Kenny as well. So it's going to be a massive uh, game uh, for, for Friday night hoops uh, in Brisbane. And then, of course, on Monday uh, in Illawarra, it's going to be a hostile environment as well as Nate spoke about. Um, but I think, I think the Hawks are still sort of a, a few games away from really finding their feet. Um, I think Aaron Brooks is a revelation down there. Like, he really plays a man's game uh, in the NBL. Uh, obviously, he comes off the bench, um, but uh, LaMelo Ball's the, the star and the, the bright lights and everything like that. But I think Aaron Brooks really is able to steady the ship down in the Hawks' territory. Um, but I think the Taipans uh, will, will have all guns blazing for that Hawks game particularly. So um, look for look for re- uh, very good results for, for this weekend for Taipans. So, yeah, I'm actually going to go uh, Taipans by two points in overtime down in Brisbane. Wow. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the Brisbane game? I, I think it's going to be tough. Brisbane looked really good last week, but... Um... Um, like you said, you had the wood on Brisbane last season. You started off with that. It was almost a 20-point win in, in round one, and then you broke the winning, the losing streak against Brisbane. Um, I'm going to go with the Taipans too to get it done and probably seven or eight points. And for the Illawarra game, I'm going to go the Taipans by six points in Wollongong on Monday night. Uh, what do you got, Chris? I think so too. Tough weekend for the Hawks. They play in Perth on Friday night, so... Um, Travelling over to, to Perth from Wollongong, then spending the weekend travelling across to, to Cairns isn't an easy thing to do. So hopefully the, the Snakes can take advantage of that and, and get the win. Um, very quickly, one word answers, Laos. The, the Hawks at, at the Wildcats on Friday night. Wildcats by 16 points. Mm, yeah, the, I, think, I, think, I think they've lost 31 of their last 32 in Perth have, have Illawarra, so it's not a, not a happy hunting ground. Um, 
Sydney Kings hosting the Adelaide 36ers, 36ers first game of the season after their, their walloping from the, the Utah Jazz last week. And coming off that flight, how long's that flight? 14 hour flight? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I got the Sydney Kings by 16 points. And then Brisbane Bullets backing it up, heading to Melbourne to play the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix will win by three. We'll hold you to that, to that and come back to it next week. Um, yeah, we just have to make it to a, uh, a second show, hey? To, to next week. That, that's why we get to a second show, which we've got through the first show, Laos. And what better way to finish than with final thoughts from, from the great Type Ends number 40? Strap yourself into season 2019-2020. The Taipans will be raising some eyebrows uh, throughout the course of the year. Look for big upsets. Uh, look for a, a real, real strong uh, group once they click together. Uh, stay with Pikey and Lau's show all season long. And we'd love your feedback. We'd love your questions, more importantly, that we can break down uh, some things that, from our insights. Uh, and then we can help answer some of those, those burning questions you got. So look for us on the socials. But for right now, the Pikey and Lau's show is out. And we'll see you on the next installment. This episode of the Pikey and Lau's show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life.